Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor of Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. In an attempt to get our minds around just how big our sun is, though, you can see that just a little piece of it uh, there, um, it's gigantic. It's, it's beyond words. Um, let me give you a comparison here. Scientists tell us that it takes 1.3 million Earths to fill up the inside of the sun, our sun. So if somehow you took the... And I, if you look, you, I find it, it helps to squint. And I... Uh, I can't see it from here. There it is. It's under the R, uh, and it's the tiniest dot that you can make on, on a screen like that. But that's the earth compared to the sun. 1.3 million earths. If you could grind them all up in a gigantic cosmic grinder, and you ground up 1.3 million earths, and then you took that big bucket and you poured it, it would fill the sun if it was hollow. So that's how big our sun is. 1.3 million times the size of our earth. So the sun must be the big dog in the universe, right? No, it's not. It's not even a freckle. While our sun may seem big to us, it's really just a big fish in a small pond. The biggest and brightest star in our little galaxy is called Arturus. Now, Arturus can hold, get this, 17,500 suns within it. So you would have to, as big as the sun is, I mean, our little earth is a speck, if you, took up, if you ground up 17,500 suns, it, you, you, you could fill up Arturus. That's how big it is. I don't think I can even imagine this. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to do a lot of things, but, you know, at some point, I just want to go see this. I just want to go observe these things up close. Can you imagine getting to walk on Arturus? That would be amazing. So Arturus must be the big dog, right? Nope. <laughs> it's a big fish in a small pond. Let me introduce you to Betelgeuse. Not Betelgeuse. That's a movie and a really weird one at that. <laughs> I don't think I slept for three nights after I watched that. <laughs> what was what was I thinking watching this thing? This is a... Anyway, I digress. Betelgeuse. It's gigantic. Betelgeuse is appropriately called a red supergiant star. Of course, that's a classification. It describes it pretty good. It could hold 1.6 billion of our suns inside of itself. 1.6 billion suns. Now, I did the math on this. That would be 1,400 trillion Earths it, you could stick inside of Betelgeuse. 1,400 trillion Earths. So Betelgeuse is definitely the big dog, right? Nope. <laughs> it's just a medium fish in a big pond. Let me introduce you to the big dog. 9.3 billion of our sons would fit into Canis Majoris. Anyone speak Latin here? Anybody? My grandson does. <laughs> okay, grandson, what does um, Canis Majoris mean in English? It literally translates to the big dog. The big dog, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> He's learning like five languages right now. Um, the name Canis Majoris literally means big dog. Canis, canine, you know. Uh, Majoris, majority, it's huge. Uh, the big dog, it definitely has the credentials to go along with it too. It's also classified as a super red giant star like that of Betelgeuse, uh, but much larger. I mean, it, it, it makes Betelgeuse look tiny. So how many Earths can fit inside Canis Majoris? How many Earths? Well, here's the answer on the screen. I'd give it to you, but I don't have time right now. There it is. Yeah, I know what that is. That's math. I spent 15 minutes in math, and they told me it wasn't my subject. I don't even know how to say that, much less how to... Oh, wait a minute. I, I, a mathematician a professor came up to me last night after service, and he had a big smile. He's new to the church, and he goes, I have an answer for you. And I said, for what? Your math problem. <laughs> oh, good, good, because Siri can't help me. I don't, even know, I don't know how to say those things. Um, he said, here's the answer. He says, I've been on my computer, on my uh, phone ever since you said that word. And I said, you're supposed to be listening to the sermon. Not... <laughs> but you can't help mathematicians, you know. So he gets out, and he's doing this and, and doing this. And he says, okay, you ready for this? And I said, shoot. He says, it's, and let me get this right, um, 750 trillion, 400 million, and 40,000 Earths would fit inside Canis Majoris. I just know that's a whole lot. <laughs> that grinding machine would break down long before it could ever fill Canis Majoris. Listen to Isaiah again now in view of what we've just talked about. Lift up your eyes, God says. Lift them up. We forget. We look around. We look down. We look inward. God says, will you just look up? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. David writes of the sun, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky displays his handiwork. Day after day, it speaks out what his handiwork does. Night after night, it reveals his greatness. There is no actual speech or word, nor is its voice literally heard. We can't hear the planets. Yet its voice echoes throughout the earth. Its words carry to the distant horizon. In the sky, he has pitched a tent for the sun. Like a bridegroom, it emerges from its chamber. Like a strong man, it enjoys running its course. It emerges from the distant horizon, and it goes out from one end of the sky to the other. Nothing can escape its heat. Now, David didn't have a telescope. He had his eyes, but he understood the one that made heaven and earth, the one that made the sun and the moon and the stars, is a great artist. He is amazing. Listen, if you came in here this morning upset or worried about what's going on over there in the Middle East right now, how our lack of uh, a leader has dropped the ball and allowed a lot of things to happen that shouldn't, listen, let me tell you one thing that I know for sure. God has not abdicated his throne. 
You think he can't handle these things? He hung these planets and stars in the heaven. You think he doesn't care about your life individually? He does. And he knows you intimately and exactly what you need. He will take you all the way home. I can guarantee you that. The God that spoke millions and trillions of stars in existence for the purpose of expressing his artistic mastery, his perfection, his power, and his orderliness in order to proclaim himself to you and me is the same God that created us in his own image and wants us to know the peace that surpasses all understanding. He's got this. The purpose for living, our relationships, and oneness with him that he alone can offer in the midst of this messy and difficult world that you and I live in. His trustworthy credentials are written in the 200 billion known galaxies that contain so many stars and planets that no man can name them. And yet in the midst of his cosmic blender of countless spinning objects moving through space, God provides, protects, and directs your life perfectly also. So don't worry about what's going on in the world. Pray because God is holding it all together and he hears your prayer. We serve a massive God that is able to take your life wherever you are right now, whatever storm you may be facing, whatever secret prayer request that's in your heart and on your lips, and preserve it, nurture it, and bring it to pass with all of the power, precision, and authority of the one who breathed the stars and galaxies into existence. That's who's on your side this morning. Don't ever forget that. I was reminded this week, just studying in, our, our, in my time in Colossians, and I was just overwhelmed. At one point, I just pushed away from my desk and just looked up and said, you are a great God. And I'd forgotten that. I needed a reminder. If you did too, here it is. Stop telling God how massive or how massively awful your problems are and start telling your problems how massively awesome your God is. For the one that holds the galaxies holds you in his hands. He's got you. You think he's ever going to let you go? No way. How much more does he love you and care for you than these planets spinning through the space? We're looking at the attributes of the star of stars. Star attribute number one, Jesus is the pre-existent image of God. He's always existed. Star attribute number two, Jesus is the creator of all things, as we've just seen. And star attribute number three, Jesus, Jesus' creation exists for his good pleasure. Verse 16, for by him... All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All of creation, from the trillions of stars to earth, water, and light to you and me, was created by him, through him, and for him, Scripture tells us. Jesus is the agent of all creation. At some point... Jesus said, I want one of her. I want one of him. Each one of you don't exist by accident. Or in the Greek, we call it willy-nilly. <laughs> you, you exist because the ultimate creator who made 
the stars and the moon that looked like uh, the ultimate Easter egg basket out there in, in the heavens. He wanted one of you to exist. He gave you everything you have, and he adores you. Throughout Greek history, Greek scholars explained creation in part by way of three causes. They said there had to be three causes to creation. And, and they said, there, number one, there had to be a primary cause. Number two, they said the instrumental cause or the action of that creation. And number three, the purpose clause. They answer the question, why? Why make this? Again, here in our passage, Paul uses their own wisdom to explain the supremacy of Christ. So he, he answers it by saying this. He says, Jesus was the primary cause. He planned creation. It was, his, it was in his mind. Jesus was the instrumental clause. He created it all. He designed it, and he made it happen. And Jesus was the purpose cause, for he did it for his own good pleasure. He wanted these planets spinning through space. He, he wanted to create earth. He wanted to create man. He wanted to have union with man and for man to have union with him. You remember before it was all messed up, Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day in the garden with their heavenly father. How cool a description is that? God is the amazing creator. And in spite of his creation being affected by sin, it's for the express purpose of pleasing God and carrying out his good pleasure and we get to enjoy it. Have you ever sat by a river? You know, Debbie and I, now that we live in Idaho, we find ourselves, we bring chairs everywhere we go because sometimes we might drive by something and go, I just want to sit there. And so we'll, we'll pull over and, and we get our chairs out and we'll hike down to a, a really cool river and we'll just put our chairs up there. And Debbie's so good, she brings snacks in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll, she'll whip out something to eat right there, and, and we just listen to the water go by and go, wow, you are an amazing artist. Thank you, God, for this. Have you ever uh, looked up to the stars, gone somewhere where it's particularly dark at night, and just got, had the opportunity to look up and go, you know, when we're in a city, we only see, you know, a, a tenth of them. But you get out into a very dark... Now, Idaho has a lot of places. In fact, um, Debbie looked it up for me. Uh, we, there's several uh, telescope uh, observatories here that we want to go see. And, and just be able to behold... I just can't even in my wildest dreams imagine someone that's capable of, of just breathing un the universe into being. Look up at the stars. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a loved one? and said, God, you gave me her or him. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We behold a masterpiece of Jesus Christ in every face that we look into. Star attribute number one, Jesus is the preexistent image of God. Star attribute number two, Jesus is the creator of all things. Star attribute number three, Jesus' creation exists for his good pleasure. And here, number four, star attribute number four, Jesus sustains all things. Verse 17, and in him 
All things consist, Paul says, or hold together. Since Jesus is outside of time, space, and matter, he is able to command all three, and they hold together by the breath of his word. You know, some whack nut out there, another Greek word, but um, some guy, some scientist out there claims that there's an asteroid headed for Earth, and it's very possible that this asteroid's going to be the end of all mankind. I just think some people like that just enjoy the fear. They like the notoriety because these foolish news agencies put them on there. Let me tell you, I've read the end of the book. It doesn't end that way. It's not happening. You know, sorry to tell him, or actually quite happily to tell him, that's not the way it's going to end. I want to close with some encouragement this morning. Listen, the world may be falling apart right now, but let me reassure you that God is not falling apart. Uh, he's got everything. In, you know, you'll, ne- you'll never hear God go, hmm, didn't know that. I didn't see that coming. Um, he never does that. Because he's, he's got it all in control. He sees the beginning from the end, Genesis to Exodus. He's got it all. God is not taken by surprise by the Taliban, the economies that are going south, the forced medical procedures, or scheming world leaders, or the lack of a leader. He's not surprised by, all, by any of that. In fact, he put those people in place. Our president is not there by accident. It's not because we voted him in or, or didn't. Our president... <laughs> i got to be real careful right now. <laughs> Did you see that rabbit go by? <laughs> okay, let's, let's bring it back. He, he was appointed by God. Can you believe that? Yeah, he, he is. He's appointed by God to make things happen that will bring the end of all things, I believe. He's there for a reason. He's not there by accident. God is still firmly on his throne without one fleeting thought or fear or anxiety All of creation still bends and bows to him. Isn't that nice to know? Isn't that reassuring this morning? And all of creation bends and bows. And one day, they will bend a knee and they will proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and King of Kings to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is still creating still holding all things together, still making damaged lives new again. He makes beauty from the ashes. And right now you might be going through something going, I don't feel this at all. Uh, yeah, Pastor, I'm in the midst of a storm right now. I'm in that blender you talked about. My life's messed up. I talked to a young man right after uh, the last service, and he gave a great testimony. Um, I discipled him many years ago. Uh, shared Christ with him over and over. Recently, he finally gave his life to Christ. And I looked at him, and I was just, as he's speaking his testimony, I mean, I just got, it just, God's still in control. He can change anyone's heart, anyone. Don't stop praying for him. And whatever you're going through right now, listen, God has not forgotten you. God's in the middle of your storm, too. Talked to somebody and made uh, several phone calls yesterday to hospitals and people that were going through some stuff. And one of the men told me how, how um, disappointed he was that his chemo didn't work the way they wanted it to. And, and so now they're going to uh, put him on a different regimen, and he's got to go through all this again, only worse. And, you know, I just tried to reassure him that God's still in control. This didn't happen by accident. He's got this. He's got you in his 
palm of his hand. He's not going to let you go. But he's doing this for a reason. And I can't give you the reason. I wished I could. But I'll tell you that 20 years ago, when I was in the middle of my storm and I was getting crushed, I didn't understand it either. I just knew that he's doing something. And I tried to go along with it as best I could and learn from it as best I could. And I'm here to profess that I would not be standing on this platform today had those things not happened to me. And I didn't go through those hard times. So you keep pushing through because God has something for you down the road as well. I thought I'd end with a story here. The story is told of a couple who went to England to shop at the beautiful antique shops that are over there. They both liked antiques and pottery and especially teacups. They had a special collection of teacups. And so spotting an exceptional cup, they asked, may we see that one? We've never seen a cup so beautiful. Well, the lady handed it to him, and as she did, the teacup spoke and said, this is a true story, um, <laughs> it said, I have not always been a teacup. There was a time when I was just a lump of red clay. My master took me and rolled me and pounded me and shaped me over and over, and I cried out, don't do that. I don't like that. Let me alone. But he only smiled and gently said, not yet. Then wham, I was thrown on a spinning wheel, and, and suddenly I was spinning around and around. And I said, stop it. I'm getting dizzy. I'm going to be sick here. But the master only nodded and said, you're okay. Not yet. He spun me and, and poked me, and he prodded and forced me out of my shape to suit himself, and then he put me in this oven. I never felt such heat. I yelled and knocked and pounded at the door. Help, get me out of here. Not yet, he said. When I thought I couldn't bear it another minute, the door opened. He carefully took me out, and he put me on a shelf, and I began to cool down. Oh, that felt so good. Ah, oh, this is much better, I said to the master. Let's just leave things alone. But after that, I cooled, and he picked me up again, and he began to brush and paint me all over the place. The fumes were horrible. Oh, please, stop it, stop it. Get that stuff off of me, I cried. He only shook his head and said, not yet. Then suddenly he put me back into this oven, only this time it was twice as hot. This time, I just knew I would suffocate. I begged, I pleaded, I cried. I was convinced I would never make it. I was ready to give up. And just then, the door opened, and he took me out again, and he placed me on that same shelf where I cooled and waited, wondering, what is he going to do to me next? An hour later, he handed me a mirror, and I said, and he said to me, look at yourself. And I did, and I said, that's not me. I don't recognize myself. This image is beautiful. I'm beautiful. Quietly, he spoke, the master. He said, I want you to remember then, I know it hurt you to be rolled and pounded and patted, but I had to leave my image in you or you'd just be a piece of dried up clay. I know it made you dizzy spinning around the wheel, but, I, but had I stopped, you would have just crumbled away. 
I know it hurt and it was hot and disagreeable in the oven, but, I, but if I hadn't put you there, you would have cracked. I know the fumes were bad when I brushed and painted you all over, but if I hadn't done that, you would have never been hardened and you would have never had any color in your life. And if I hadn't put you back in the oven that second time, you wouldn't have survived for long because the hardness would not have held the first time a hot liquid was put in you. Now you're a finished product. Now you are what I had in mind all along from the beginning. You are what I created you to be. Listen, God has a plan for you too. He created you He wanted one of you to live. He wanted all of us to be like the stars of heaven, giving glory back to him and pointing to him as the great creator. Listen, God has never left you or he never will. Whatever you're going through, I can tell you this morning, he's right beside you. He wants to encourage you. And nothing and no one is going to touch you except that he approves. Whatever storm you're going through, I wish I could tell you the reason why right now. I can only look at my storm in the past and go, it was for my good. I'm grateful that he allowed me to go through it. And I'm even more grateful that he went through it with me. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.